Welcome to episode 23 of Skewed Perspective. I'm your host, Caesar, And I'm Omar. And Look. also welcome to the Jordan episode. Or the, the Jor- Oh yeah, the Jordan episode. The, the LeBron, LeBron episode. episode. Just a really good players episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick, before we get into the, the episode proper, we just want to go over some, uh, some of the, philos- the philosophy behind uh, how we record the podcast. How would you say it? Um, yeah, maybe like the logistics or so. The, the angle, the angle yeah. we're gonna take on things. A refinement um, of the process. Yeah, a refinement of of what the of what the podcast is. Um, because I, I had been it's something I had been considering it for a while. Cause, like, even considering the listeners, I'm like, a lot of times, it, it, like the fun of it is also maybe would be a detriment. The vagueness of it, you know, not having it be defined. Yeah, I think I like how you kind of proposed it and. That the answer to the question, oh, what's your podcast about? Mm-hmm. Like having something concise and clear to that question, I think also helped kind of this take shape. Yeah. And to help our listeners as we try to hopefully, you know, gain more and, <laughs> you know, spread spread the good word here. Um, uh, something that they could say, too. So what we landed on after, I don't know, if, uh, like a week a or a weeks, few weeks. Yeah, yeah was uh, something that I think tickles us both. You know, <laughs> like so. So we landed on the, the uh, popular science take, a popular science angle on things, um, emphasizing popular in a sense of what's what's going on in the culture, or what's going on in the mainstream. You know, what mm-hmm. the zeitgeist. What, yeah. So what are the what are the topics that are tickling us as a culture and as a society, um, and just our uh, our general popular interests. So that's kind of how that term or that half of the term, you know, gets defined. And then science, obviously, just the science shit we're into and uh, trying to, in a way and in a sense, uh, let listeners know uh, what the science is that's happening. Yeah, I I like that, especially, um, you know, having some familiarity, you know, can not to say I'm an authority by any means, but, you know, I understand a good amount of the stories that are coming in with my physics background. Yeah, and just, just uh, for, I think, listeners who don't know, what uh, what is it? What is that background? You know? um, well, yeah, no, I got my uh, Bachelor's of Science at UC Davis. Uh, as emphasis in uh, astrophysics. I initially wanted to go just for astronomy. That was kind of the degree that I was looking in when I was applying to colleges. Davis didn't have that, but they had physics with the emphasis in astrophysics. So I went for it surprised that i <laughs> that i actually stayed with it because um yeah you know when you're in school a lot of your friends a lot of people are they're changing their majors and i was like i feel like the weirdo that hadn't changed my major but yeah glad i stuck with it now nah, you knew what was up you knew what you liked <laughs> true yeah which i fucking didn't <laughs> and, and i was like fucking don't decide until you're forced to <laughs> and even then it was still some super vague so yeah you, uh, i mean you you definitely you know have committed to the that path for a while you know your your interests have lined up in that way mm-hmm. so that you know that that and you can see it in in our past episodes like yeah. that's why we're drawn to a lot of the topics we're drawn to and then i think too that's why it's, it's not really such a big pivot anyway no because you know we've we've done those episodes and it's just like oh those are the episodes where we you know noticed we tend to have the most fun so mm-hmm. i feel like you know a fun episode for us is probably a better episode to listen to anyway so yeah, it lends itself to a better product. So, yeah, yeah, just moving forward, that's what the angle is. Not, not that the, again that the content is going to be changing much because we still love the bullshit. You know, yeah, that's it. It's satisfying to us, and so you know, some things are just for us. 
<laughs> you know, we're gonna we're gonna want to enjoy it, like like you said, to to have it be a better listening experience, anyways. Mm-hmm. So that's the angle. Um, there there might be a little bit in as far as format is concerned uh, to make it maybe a little more clean and defined because the science kind of it just leans that way if you have yeah. to explain things and, and there's certain uh, things you want to talk about. So not not too much is changing, but I think a refinement of, of what the podcast is is what's happening. Yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, first thing up on the docket is basketball. Yeah, no, I was gonna, I was gonna be like, that was that would have been a good transition. Uh, I was thinking about saying, I mean, yeah, you know, we just want to have you know Laker talk every yeah. now and then. Everything talk, movies, yeah. all this, all all the stuff, all the stuff. Um, but that being said, we're fucking sucking dick right now, man. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, the playoffs are what's important. Yeah, but there's it's what not, nine yeah. games. I know, I know. There's nine games just for people who don't know what the what the scene is in the NBA right now. There's nine games left till the playoffs happen. Yeah, till the play the, the, the sprint to the finish line, I think is a yes. We're in the we're in the final leg of the regular season, um, and there's nine games left. We're in sixth position right now, so that's the final position to not have to play in uh into the, the playoff playoffs team. yeah proper so there's a playing tournament for seeds seven through ten or seven through nine seven eight seven, nine eight, i think it's ten whatever it is it's like four teams there's a mini tourney yeah and they and they play in uh i think it might be three they play in to make the the playoffs and we do not want to be in, in in that just you know for you know just like okay why deal with the extra game although maybe we need the extra games now that i'm thinking about <laughs> just it just to get the chemistry back yeah, just to get the fucking. No, I think I think we'll be okay. I mean, the toward the end. I mean, yes, it was still a skid, but the team without AD, the team without James, they got some quality wins. They got some quality time together, and you know, it's not like we haven't been amazing at all this season. We've had our points where everything, you know, we look like a fine-tuned machine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, yeah, I think the the goal should be getting back to that point for sure. There's maybe going to be a little bit of hiccups here and there, but I think with the you know, with the veteran experience, having done it before with most of this crew, I think we'll be able to find it pretty well. I hope I think, so. I think I think those amount of games is enough time. I really fucking hope so. <laughs> Same. Because we got Drummond. We did. And we so did. he got to be that's put into still, the yeah, cement mix. That's true. I, I didn't I didn't consider that. I forgot about that. LeBron is apparently LeBron, not 100%. Le, oh, yeah. I saw that too. He's out. Yeah, forever. Know. Yeah. <laughs> For, but I guess his 95% is still better than like... 98% of players to ever exist or whatever. I mean, whatever. yeah, I'll take it. But I mean, like, still, you know, he's getting older. So, you know, at some point, we all already knew that to begin with. Yeah, it's about the mentals at that stage anyways. And yeah. everything else is just sauce as far as the the physical performance, which he still has. Yeah. and But no, yeah, I totally forgot the point that AD and LeBron hadn't played with Drummond yet. Mm-hmm. So that's, But I mean, they've played with big men before. So it's not like it's going to be a totally foreign concept. We've had our rotating cast of Dwight, JaVale, Marcus Saul. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, another big in the mix. I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be too much of a of a speed bump for them to kind of get over. Only cuz we got LeBron. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> cuz apparently cuz apparently I, and I, like as I was prepping the show, like apparently some of these um uh defensive combinations so a, Drummond and AD have been like not that great. Mm-hmm. Like the rating has been Mm, questionable yeah. i i forget what the numbers are but just for the sake of argument you know or you're talking about it like apparently it hasn't been that great mm-hmm. but 
I do expect that to change once you have the fucking quarterback in there. Yeah, that too. And I think um, at the end of the day too, I think I could trust Vogel with with the schemes. I think he finds ways to if if it's not working, he's gonna try something else. I agree. I don't think he's gonna try to force. No, he's a, a he's a good tactician. Yeah, but we got nine games, and we don't know what those units are. <laughs> and he the units are what he goes off of to make those changes and swaps. That's true. That's true. And so if you don't have those to find, <laughs> Caruso's out. Kuzma, I don't know if he was still dealing with his injury. We gotta. Uh, I believe. I believe. I I'll mean, be I believe too, man. Laker faithful. It's just you know they're fucking making me feel it in the in yeah. the ass right now. You know what? They always they they like making it dramatic. You know, it's Hollywood. It has to. There has to be some salsa on it. Yeah, and before last year, all the times making it dramatic paid <laughs> off in losses. For that, for the last few, you know, however many years, I guess. But uh, all right, yeah. <laughs> The Knicks have been looking surprisingly Dude, good. Dude, that's been fun to it's been fun to see yeah. them like because I, I like Julius Randle. Yeah, me too. Ex Laker. Yep. Do your thing, boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jordan Clarkson. Yep. Him fucking just killing it too. I know. So yeah. it's it's nice to see you know especially too just a franchise, you know coming up finally. Mm-hmm. The players we were rooting for when we were never gonna win anything. <laughs> right. And now they're like, all right. Now you know, it's like, we knew they were good. See, success. we told you guys they were yeah. good. Yep. And so now fucking he's killing Vindication. it with Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And then you know what's funny too? I think because um, Bleacher Report kind of has some of the – Bleacher Report has some of the um, like the betting odds now since betting is more popular in sports. Yeah. That was like a story about how the Knicks had like beat the um, – uh, what is it? Beat the line I think or just what are like some mm-hmm. sporting betting. Like they Whatever the over Some the historic was. record on that about like just pretty much if you bet on the Knicks you're making money. Nice. So that was that was pretty fun to see too. Yeah, I'm like they got some good players. IQ, yeah. that rookie, right? Just knocking down threes, dude. Everybody's just knocking down threes from like everywhere now. Ugh. My favorite to see is still, well, obviously Steph is amazing, but yeah. Dame. I yeah. love seeing Damian. God, he's so smooth. He's such a he's Dude, a stud. He's, I wish he was a Laker. I heard, I know. I don't. Do you, uh, the Knicks are gonna try to go for him. Well, that's some of the rumors, at least. The Knicks, if he becomes an off-season agent, I don't know if Portland will let that happen. But then again, if I'm Dame, I'm also saying, "Hey, I want to win a ring." Yeah, but I think they got a good squad. They got a good squad. But Last I'm... year they had a good squad and they they did some damage. But it's still the West, though. It is, and now we suck. Now they're ahead. They're almost ahead of us. Yeah, do you think it's okay? So then <laughs> you uh, with the Lakers, obviously not being the clear front runner, is the West wide open, or is uh-huh. there still just a couple teams that are? Clearly a new tier ahead. No, there's a lot. Or I, th- I feel like it, it's it's pretty competitive. Okay. Like you got you got the Jazz, the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Who else is up I mean, there? Still, the Clippers are. Yeah, the Clippers kind are still good. Mix. Yeah, Paul George has been playing insane. Okay. Cause like yeah, cause last year I really felt like it was a free for all. Last mm-hmm. year was a free for all, and then you know for at least the first half of the season it didn't. It seemed that there was kind of some stratification and. The talent. I, although I did put LA at the top, both LA teams. Yeah, that's who I had. Like I think maybe in a, maybe their own tier. You know what we need to do? We need to go back to our predictions. Oh yeah, we need to fun. listen to our predictions. All right, we'll, we'll do that. that <laughs> we'll bring one. it. We'll have, we'll have that during another episode. <laughs> that's a good idea. But man, ho- hopefully we put it together. Yeah. I mean, we better for like my uh, anxiety sake. <laughs> Same. One of the one of the few things that gives me anxiety like that is watching the Lakers. Oh yeah, the playoffs. That's always. Ah, that's always mm-hmm. very tense times. And I'm really happy with these uh with these um format changes. Like 
the playing tournament last year was so fun. Even like even though Devin Booker and the Suns didn't fucking make it through, it was yeah. still like so fun to see. Yeah, I know the Suns. The Suns actually too getting their first playoff berth in oh about ten years. The Suns. I forgot to mention Phoenix, them. Yeah. yeah, they're number one. Chris Paul, fucking yeah. best leader of all time for, for a basketball yeah, squad. Chris Paul did so much for his legacy this year. Yeah. Now he he's he's the ultimate expression of uh like the mentals of the game yeah and and like maximizing those in his play mm-hmm. insane he's so good yeah he that man deserves a ring but i don't mm-hmm. know if he's gonna get one fuck no not this year Lakers taking it baby he's like his the chance the the move that just totally threw him off the path to a ring was uh when david stern stopped him from going to the Lakers. yeah from that on, he was cursed to never win a ring. Yeah, that was the all. You know, <laughs> that was the only things that was negative that came to mind with David Stern passed away. <laughs> Whenever I saw the news, I was like, "Ah, uh, rip!" But then I was like, "Hey, what the fuck though? <laughs> fuck this guy!" Yeah, and then I was like, "All right, but he died, so altered the NBA, altered the NBA histories forever. Fucked up two, three more rings for us. I mean, the rest of the NBA would say it's a good thing, but." Yeah, fuck we the rest get, of the NBA. We though. get to be salty. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah, Chris Paul's really good, but um, yeah. Hopefully we pull it together. We'll see where they're at uh, by next episode. Um, oh god. <laughs> Whew, I have faith though. We have faith. Let's go Lakers. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. So now into into the topics proper. Let's get to some science news. And some of this stuff, some people will have heard of. Some some of it was pretty big. Yeah, it's not like we're out here, you know, making our own discoveries or anything. Mm-mm. So we're, we'll start in space. But, um, uh, and I'll just read the headline of this. But the SpaceX Crew-1 mission uh, breaking the spacecraft longevity record. Um, so I guess they were up there. How long? It said 168 days. Yep, 168 days in orbit before splashdown at night. So... That yeah. much more impressive. Night, yeah. Night splashdown's a big thing. That hasn't happened since, since the sixties. Yeah, nineteen sixty-eight December was the last time um, a splashdown at night. Mm-hmm. So it's been a good 40, 50 years, maybe more or less. And the fucking video is just cool. Yeah, you see the fucking uh, the the fucking rockets or whatever right before landing. Yeah, <sighs> soft landing. That's dope. Yeah, so no, yeah, that, that's really that's really impressive. Um, this kind of stuff, like being able to be in space, that there's still so much we do. I feel like a lot of people don't realize how much we don't know about just how the human body, you know, reacts in space. Mm-hmm. I think uh, they started looking at Mark Kelly. He was the twin astronaut that spent like the longest amount of time in the space mm-hmm. station. He's awesome. So they finally did some results about like measurements between him and his twin. Apparently, his heart atrophied. A certain percentage, mm-hmm. and so we're really eager to know if that's something that the heart will be able to build back over time, or if it's kind of a one and done deal. So that's like a lot of this extended time in space. Uh, you know, it's pretty much answering those kind of questions: is how how are our bodies reacting how, yeah. to the loss? How of can we exist in the environment? Mm-hmm. It's huge, yeah. Because I mean, they know like there's there's uh like bone density like. They they just know they're gonna lose it. Like even yeah. even though they're doing all the all the working out and all the exercises to maintain and supplementing, mm-hmm. like there's just gonna be percentage that they lose, and that's like a an exchange we've made. That that's why there's like these limits, right? Yeah. Um. So stuff like that is like stuff that we we have to consider, like especially for lo- like the long term. Like the longer you're up there, or like not even the longer you're up there, but like 
what are the long-term effects of, of those bursts of being in space. Right. And then another another part of the Mark Kelly story that I just remembered too was along with him they analyzed uh, a swimmer. I forgot who what who, which swimmer it was. I really should maybe in like the footnotes Michael or something. Phelps. It wasn't Michael Phelps. It was um I think it was like a long distance swimmer, so somebody that had spent a lot oh, of okay. time in the ocean, so uh-huh. also kind of their bodies being affected by gravity a little different than mm-hmm. if you were on land. And I f- I want to say that their heart muscles were larger, but I can't be 100% certain that that's what the result of the finding was. So that was interesting to see that kind of that difference. Well, that between, would make sense though, yeah. right? No, it's yeah, it would fall in cardiovascular line. demanding yeah. thing. Like but as, but it's in, it's so interesting that it's like the opposite end of Mark Kelly being mm-hmm. without gravity. So that's that was kind of an interesting way to kind of see how that would happen along the spectrum. Uh, you know, fucking throw a pool up there. <laughs> work you know water workouts yeah potentially that's to the counteract yeah, to exactly. counteract the fucking degradation mm-hmm. that would be wow that'd be like if they could they could they could make it that work i don't know how the water yeah, would be affected the logistics yeah because i know you know when you see them drink drinks it's just big old bubbles yeah flying around oh, like, shit. yeah it's probably it probably doesn't have the same effects it definitely doesn't have the same you don't get the same pressure i think though i Damn. mean and this is you've seen these a lot in like um the space stations that are like in television and on shows and movies mm-hmm. the uh the rotating mm. disc part, what is that cent- circular, centri- the centripetal force, centripetal? Cent- centrifugal force, or yes, yeah, centripetal Whatever force. Whatever one it is. The one that rotates, yeah. that also kind of can help create an artificial gravity mm-hmm. that could potentially help them. I don't know if we've actually had anything like that built IRL, though. I think that might still be like sci-fi. Conceptual. Yeah, it's yeah. still conceptual. Because, it, it, I mean, I guess it demands a lot of resources, right, to have it. To, um, well, who knows? I don't it know. It shouldn't be too much resources, but I the, think. the physics of it, yeah, once you, you get it going, right? Yeah. But I think just the engineering part of it might would if I had to guess at something it'd be the engineering and building well, it. Well, this is the whole interstellar part. thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that that's what that's how that thing was propelled and maintained those systems, right? I want to say, yeah. Yeah, when they're going. Damn. So yeah, no, I mean, hopefully in our maybe uh you know, we have some of the stories of the new space stations that might go. Maybe they got some of that stuff in there. Oh yeah, th- let me go to those stories first. So yeah, par- uh let's go to this one. Yeah, so, I mean, I would give the caveat before explaining this story that the ISS, you know, let me look that up really quick, the actual retirement date of the ISS, because I know it's looming, because the ISS is old, people. Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's modular, right? Um, yeah. But, like, the main thing of it or whatever they launched up there, yeah, it's been up there for a while. Uh, yeah, so the story, so this story might be colored by, you know, like, outside influences, you know, political stuff and, and just uh, what's going on with uh, those politics, but... The story here I have is okay, explained. So, Why does Russia want to leave the International Space Station? But yeah, real quickly, what uh, what date do we got there? So the ISS currently it's uh, approved to operate to the end of 2024, um, but as far as like technical aspect of it, NASA says that it's probably capable of flying to the end of 2028. So you know we have a good within the decade, ISS will most likely be retired mm-hmm. in the 20s. Yeah, so the story here is saying um, that after okay, after more than two decades of international cooperation in space research, man, see they're 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 already setting it up as if uh, <laughs> like that's changing, you know, the yeah. cooperation. So yeah. yeah, take it with a grain of salt. Um, Russia this week announced that it would be withdrawing from the International Space Station in 2025 and build and manage its own uh, floating uh, lab that will be launched into orbit by 2030. Which like those timelines then seem to coincide pretty like okay yeah. they line up like well we need to be having a different system up there, um, different labs up there that you know are newer and more yeah. modern. So you know keep Hope- that in mind. Hopefully this is that. Um, I know I don't know I would 
it seems that they're kind of trying to set up a political undertone, which mm-hmm. very well could be the case because obviously yeah, how be. political relations are going. Mm-hmm. And I also, you know, from a couple other science shows, have heard that China would be helping Russia out in the in the space station development. That's mm-hmm. not mentioned here uh, in this article per se. We should probably link to these articles too, no, in the show notes as well. Yeah, we could. Yeah. Um, depending on if how we're going to be referencing be. them, we probably should. Yeah, depending. I mean, I think I can. I mean, this is IndianExpress.com, and yeah. So, you know, yeah, that's, that's where true. we're getting these information yeah, from. Yeah, I guess you know? they are. Yeah, I'm just going to jump to that. Yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, that could color things a little bit as well. Uh, that cooperation with Russia and China definitely is something that the U.S. politically wouldn't seem to like. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hopefully the scientists, you know, they keep the politics out of it. We'll see. Yeah, I think that I think the scientists for sure, and, like, this has been throughout the history, like, even in the space race back yeah. in the day, like, the scientists, like, privately and i think for the most part even publicly would say that you know the goals were like for the work to be done now whether that got done was not you know (laughs) often in their hands that was often in the in the government structures you know like how they leaned and what they demanded so it it might be a similar thing where like yeah maybe russia's like yo now let's have our own thing going because of how like important that is like getting to space and like having those things going at least i think they're super important i agree we're on the same page right um but um, I mean, they could be motivated by just their own the desire to do their own thing and have their own yeah like sphere up there because it is like a military thing as well. Like a lot of a lot of military operation is space influence. Obviously, the more information you have, yeah, satellites and all this imaging and all of that is mm-hmm. incredibly useful resources for for world militaries. Um, so yeah, that's important. Another thing that I kind of just popped into my mind too is uh, probably all the clutter that's up there. Dude, that's a huge thing. Yeah, that's yeah. Like a huge problem because I know that um, these stations, like, they need to have pretty robust, like, mapping of all of the little bits and pieces that are up there. Because mm-hmm. even, you know, something as innocuous as a screw, you know, a screw going 10,000 miles an hour will do some damage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all that, over time, you know, we're going to have to start thinking about that kind of stuff. I think it's already something that... I like. I think I, I've heard I, that uh, companies are trying to like you know how, how you grapple. Would how would you grapple with this? Yeah, yeah with the issue we, because it's known to be like already a, like a, a thing a problem, that we have yeah. to consider. Like all the space junk we have, mm-hmm. and we'll probably talk about that in the future uh, in yeah. future episodes as well. Well, that but, kind of relates to this other episode that you have here. Yeah, space junk, just space junk. Yeah, so China and they've been doing this for a while because I, I had heard of this in the past too. Yeah, where they're um. Uh, the headline for this, and this is off of Yahoo News, uh, a huge rocket from China's space station launch could fall back to Earth totally uncontrolled. And uh, so, yeah, uncontrolled debris or uncontrolled uh, landings. Let me see here. What do, what do they read it as? Like, yeah, pretty much just essentially, you know, it's pretty easy to get things up. Well, not easy, but it's something that's well within our capacity as, you know, scientific organizations. But, yeah, the, the coming down part is always going to be the... Uh, yeah, so the, here we go. The part with the problems. Uh, the roughly 21-ton object is the core stage of China's long March 5B rocket. On Wednesday, China launched the first module of a new space station the country is building. Instead oh, of hmm. uh, falling into a pre-designated spot in the ocean, as is common for discarded rockets, the long March uh, 5B's core stage started circling the planet uncontrolled. Um, and yeah, like China's just in general more lax about like planning these things um, because... like. Also, like where where wherever they have their launches, um, China's so massive, and like a lot of it is just 
unpopulated, right? Yeah. So they don't have to worry about a lot of the like small, or, or they think they don't have to worry so much about the small debris launches. But there's been like all these reports of like just like rural towns seeing a fucking fireworks show pretty fucking close of of shit landing. Oh, uh, like yeah, like that they can see like it's not hitting them, but it's like pff, there you go, all this fucking shit falling down from the sky. Yeah. And so this is just one of those things. And this one, twenty one ton object. And it, it does decrease in size. Let me see here. Oh, I mean, they say, that's still pretty massive, though. Yeah, since 1990, nothing over 10 tons has been deliberately left in orbit to re-enter uncontrolled. Um, the, rocket sta- me- the rocket stage measures about 100 feet long and 16 feet wide. Um, and they mentioned, like, it reduces in mass. Yeah, here we go. Uh, it is always difficult to assess the amount of surviving mass and a number of fragments without knowing the design of the object, but a reasonable rule of thumb is about 20 to 40% of the original dry mass. Okay. That's still pretty, you know, that's a yeah. fucking large piece of thing flying. Like, what if that lands in a metropolis or just someone takes out a fucking building or two? True, Maybe true. more than that. Um, so, hmm, my question here is, so, do they know that it's, I mean, it, you can probably discern to a degree as well. Like, do you know if that is deliberate or if it's, like, something went wrong on, you know, the Chinese organization's end? Like, I think that's... Um, like, is that designed to fall uncontrollably or... I I don't know I don't know if it's a resource issue or mm-hmm. what I I think it's linked to maybe just standards. Okay. You know, like fucking get the job done. You know, uh, what are the odds here? Yeah. They're pretty low. Okay, fine. You know, take that risk. Mm-hmm. And and because I'm pretty sure like uh accounting for these things demands resources of some sort. Yeah. You know, okay. scientists or calculator or whatever it is. Make sure we're launching at you know with these conditions, yeah. Um, to avoid you know these things happening, which I think NASA is better about. Um, but yeah, like they've had like this has been it's a history. It's yeah, a there's pattern. a history. Yeah, of them just you know like not being as uh, up to par with like some of the standards that have been established elsewhere. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, and it looks like some NASA administrators also have you know said things about this being dangerous. It looks like. Mm-hmm. And like you see what fucking SpaceX is doing. Mm-hmm. landing shit back on fucking pads in the middle of yeah. the ocean you know oh, trying yeah, to true. trying to eliminate the waste in that sense because like all that space junk that's up there yeah, and up. shit that could yeah. hurt her as if it comes back just fucking pow fucking space junk just taking out like a number of people that would suck yeah and yeah. it says yeah the last time this happened was a prototype of the Chinese station in 2018 mm-hmm. huh so maybe there's gonna be a Russian and a Chinese space station up there then could be i mean like i'm all i'm all for having you know shit up there yeah. like uh so long as it's you know allows for the scientists to get the work done yeah you know you know whatever let's do it <laughs> like get up there yeah just make i would it never cool. I, yeah i would never discourage you know things like this from mm-hmm. happening regardless of who it is doing it um so i mean then that's a lot of interesting space stuff going on yeah and i wonder i wonder like if there's a a nasa plan or if they're just like, okay, let's just put I'm our sure, resources in with another thing. I'm sure they've thought about it, but I haven't Because Japan, anything. I think, is a pretty big partner. Yeah. Uh, so I'll look into that because I want to know what the what the plans are there. Yeah. That's that story. Um, do you want to go to this one next? The, the solar flares? Yeah, let's go to the solar flares. And All then right. we'll close it off with the, the ingenuity stuff. Um, yeah, so some of the past episodes, uh, I've mentioned mass coronal, mass coronal ejections. I always stumble mm-hmm. over that um, as like a, an event that could take out like a lot of shit on Earth. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like just ruining but things. and. I feel like people definitely lose sight of just, you know, 
what a star is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, where do we exist? The star is basically a uh, what is it, a nuclear generator? Yeah, uh-huh. and now in space, just reacting nonstop. Like, yeah, incredibly larger than Earth. So you know, like yeah, any little burp or hiccup from this star could do damage to us. And we are also we are really bad at a uh, solar weather forecasting. Really? <laughs> yeah, we are not good at it yet. We're we, just. Are we still kind of guessing? I feel like yes. Um, you know, we really don't have the mechanisms as to like how these things occur, why these things occur, why sunspots. That's true. I was reading this article and and um, like uh, why this was news is like uh, they, it can give us better insight into into forecasting or reading these things. Yeah. So that makes that totally tracks. Um, yeah. So let me just get into this article. So Proxima Centauri. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Um, it's the closest uh, star to our sun. Hmm. And, Still, um, uh, very, 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 very way far. Yes, we'll never be able to get <laughs> Long there. Long distance away. At least where we are currently. Um, but yeah, apparently it's a red dwarf, so it's more active than our sun, um, as far as these events are concerned. Uh, but it was. Uh, I'll just start from the top. Scientists have spotted the largest flare ever recorded from the sun's nearest neighbor, the star Proxima Centauri. Um, the research, which was published recently in the Astrophysics Journal Letters, was led by CU Boulder, CU Colorado University, right? Yeah. Go Buffaloes or whatever they are. <laughs> um, blah, 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 blah. Give it to the good stuff. Oh, in their new study, so they observed Proxima Centauri for 40 hours using nine telescopes on the ground and in space. And in an, in the process, they got a surprise. Um, they, they saw... Uh, flare they saw a a solar Mm -hmm. flare happen which again is much more common for this uh type of star but it went from normal to fourteen thousand times fourteen thousand oh wow that's so big uh fourteen thousand times brighter than seen uh in ultraviolet wavelengths over a span of a few seconds okay so i was wondering i was like dang i could have been looking at the star at that night but (laughs) uv so uv means you'd probably need specific equipment to see those types of lights so Mm -hmm. you wouldn't see anything in the night sky with just the naked eye yeah, so the team's findings hit a new physics that could change the way scientists think about stellar flares, which, like I said, makes sense knowing uh, that we don't have that science pretty, you know, yeah. nailed down. And so I guess this would be a good time to just plug the Big Bear Solar Observatory for any, uh, any you know, these kind of fans of stellar mapping in the Inland Empire. Mm-hmm. Big Bear actually has a solar observatory that probably, well, actually, no, this happened on Proxima Centauri, never mind. I was going to say they probably saw that, but right, they're mapping our sun more or less. So they probably wouldn't have been focused on that stellar flare from that particular star. I didn't, I didn't even know there was that thing in uh, in Big Bear. That's so cool. It's like the Mount Wilson Observatory. Yeah. No, yeah. Like I was like, oh, there's actually a pretty rich history of um these kind of ob- like of observatories mm-hmm. in you know in the southern california area i guess the more tuned in you, you are you know you'll be you'll know you'll be more in the know about those things but it's cool like yeah like we went out when we went hiking uh we we peaked mount wilson and um we smoked the joint right outside the lab oh yeah <laughs> they like i'm sure like we used a couple of chairs that were just set up right there mm-hmm. i'm like i'm sure fucking scientists are out here on on you know a long lunch or something and just like taking in the fucking view. All right, let's go back and do science. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, that's, and you know, that's to a degree that's hollowed ground Mm because that's, uh, that observatory in particular was used when we discovered that the universe was expanding. 
So oh, really? that observatory. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So that's that's a very treasured place for. That's a, fucking real cool. A lot of the astronomy community in SoCal. Damn. Yeah. And that th- that place was uh, in danger of being burned uh, mm-hmm. during the last yeah, fire season. Super, I was yeah. I was tr- I was Everybody like was no scared. fucking. The go the other way, Santa Ana, <laughs> help me out. <laughs> you know, yeah, I was worried about that. So thankfully, that thing's still there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I was thinking maybe we could do some things um at these labs, like if they have like some sort of tour, once the Rona's done. Yeah, and, or even uh, yeah, maybe with... even just like, hey, you know, can we get an interview or something? Mm-hmm. We'll go over there and mm-hmm. get some stuff and just kind of see, like, see what's up. Oh, yeah. Talk to some like, yeah, scientists are cool. I or <laughs> maybe yeah, it would just be fun. It would be really cool to get into oh, some agreed, of that. So agreed. maybe in the in the maybe not so near future, look out for that because that would be super fun to do. Yeah, I think that would be that would definitely be give us more cred on this angle for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, space shit. We got to be aware of these fucking flares. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's up there. I think for me. But that's cool. Nine nine goddamn things. It's like all right, everybody point the shit for forty hours, and this <laughs> is what we're looking at. Just observation, super awesome. And then um. Some of the real cool stuff that's just been it's been fun to see because the images are so good. Yeah, like you get you get these high def images are the yeah, is we, the perseverance. And we the definitely ingenuity. weren't getting these kind of images off curiosity. Nah, nah. Although you know, or at least not the same frequency that we are. What now. was uh, was it Voyager mm-hmm. that drove by Pluto? Yeah, that was amazing. Those Remember really those good, those yeah. fucking pictures of when the those planet dropped? That was that was insane. That was hype as fuck. So, uh, but seeing like the little copter, God, it's so cool. <laughs> So they, me, they they can have their own children series. The I mean, I'd watch it. Yeah, <laughs> the ingenuity. So uh, this is uh, what am I getting this off of ScienceNews.org? Uh, the Ingenuity helicopter proved it could fly on Mars. Now it has loftier goals. Having passed all its original engineering tests, the tiny spacecraft will now begin a new job, supporting the Perseverance rover in its science mission. So I guess um, it was the original plan. When it got there was like six uh, six flights. Yeah. The original plan was for Ingenuity to take up six flights total, then ground itself forever. As a, That sounds depressing. <laughs> <laughs> ground itself forever as Perseverance drove away to do science. Uh, that that was partly because the Perseverance team expected the drive uh, the drive far from the rover's landing site in search. To drive, sorry. Um, far from the landing site in search of rocks that might... Uh, help uh with signs of uh, seeing signs of uh, past martian life so they 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 anticipated a more arduous journey to to i guess make yeah that probably research. something that that but i know um you know the all of the science that's going to be captured from this little helicopter you know future missions maybe we have a drone that's assisting the rovers um so you know they'll be able to make the decisions of where to go based on like ai and uh, machine learning as opposed to them controlling it all the way from earth and so that, you know, that has some a lot of benefits to that, mm-hmm. uh, especially in terms of like, you know, the communication delay is so long. So, you know, by the time that those rovers actually get to move, all that stuff had to have been communicated back to Earth, sent back from Earth to Mars. So we yeah. probably will be able to cover so much more ground with those abilities from our from our machines. Yeah. And I think the idea with it is like those six flights where it was just like it's doing recon, it's doing these missions, right? Um mm-hmm. Here and I'll and I'll just read uh, what it said. Well, I won't read what it said, but those flights were supposed to be like, okay, path it out. Okay, the fifth flight. Um, what do they say for the fifth flight? The fifth flight uh, to be scheduled after the team has examined the data will be a one-way journey to the new home of where they're uh, scouting a new launch pad. Mm, okay. Um, but 
like it's gonna have a, f- a future flights in support mode where it's operating like a drone to the to the rover. Yeah. So it's like it's you know it's a it's a connected entity. You have that thing doing the recon up there, and it's doing uh, things like uh, making three D digital elevation maps and uh, take a look at where yeah, the okay, rover yeah, can't go. Yeah, so that's go. exactly right there. So, yep. Yeah, exactly what you were saying. So that's like it's working in tandem. I'm like that's fucking dope. So yeah. you're like scanning up top. It's add. Uh, Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah. The little drone flying away from the car. Same type of shit, right? So it's, it's really cool to see um, the new support phase will extend its mission by another 30 days unless something goes wrong before then. That's fucking 30 days of more data. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's it's really an uh, interesting time for mm-hmm. for a lot of these scientific achievements. Yeah, you're seeing it's like a, it's it's like a, you're having a little POV of the rover too. <laughs> that is just like oh, you probably get yeah that that'll probably use that in like in a music video or something like that. That's yeah, just like sounds very like, cinematic. Yeah. yeah, it's like when you in, in like when you see it in movies, you're just like panning in on yeah. one of those things. That's I mean, fucking drone, sh- take this shot. But yeah, I would put that as a picture you know, in the baby's room or something. That That'd just it so sounds really, True. really interesting to look at. Yeah, just a POV from like the shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> over some fucking <laughs> rocky terrain. Yeah, it's it's super exciting. Um, so, JPL, good job. Oh yeah. I wonder. That's... I wonder how long it'll. It'll keep going because uh, the issue is uh, freezing and thawing. Like, how yeah. many of that process can it take? You know. Yeah, we'll, that was a good point because the atmosphere up there is harsh in both directions. Mm-hmm. So, however many days it got, go. You do your thing, little buddy. <laughs> that is still so so incredible to see. Like, one of these monkeys, one of, one of me with different insides in their brain, fucking. They collaborated with other ones, and yep. they're like fucking. All the monkeys were like, "Yeah, this <laughs> shit happened," and now here it is. <laughs> you feel me? It's it's so. It, I don't know what I don't know what uh, what biological thing it satisfies that it's like ah yes go. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got you. Because uh, it's it feels that innate. that sense that like that feeling to like be able to do something like that is just no other person in history are very like probably only a few years back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's not something most of humanity could get excited about. No, and I mean, yeah, because yeah, it's recent history, like yeah. where like modern science and space travel and all that, and being able to grasp these as realistic concepts. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it and it just kind of naturally like nobody hates on it. You know, like it's, I I love seeing the propagation of NASA shit everywhere. Yeah, because it's like no one hates on. Nasa. Who's hating on space shit? You know like what I the mean? The most guys like, why even go there? And then it's like, well, look at all these cool things. We yeah, did. yeah, why. easy argument to that, right? Yeah. So it's it's super, and it it feels like a natural, like a uh, innate, like satisfaction with seeing those happen. So yeah. I, I don't know I if think, it's like a propagation of the species or. Yeah, I think it's just you know those are questions we've wondered about, and we can finally like that's those are questions that billions upon billions of humans you know before us have asked like, oh, you know what is up there, and then we mm-hmm. actually have the chance now to be able to answer a little tiny bit of those questions. Mm. It's always, yeah, we've always looked up, right? Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yep, yep. Every fucking caveman <laughs> with every fucking... I mean, they probably got to see a lot more of the sky than we do. For sure. More interesting things. But like the questions, you know? Yeah. The questions of looking upwards. Yeah, That's Definitely. It's so, I guess I guess it's 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 that. It's it's knowing more, you know, of what is up there. Yeah. And then even still, you... If you like, after you look all the way up there, what we actually know is just the Nothing. tiniest little yeah. bit. Same shit we know there. about the ocean in our brains. Same yep. type of thing. <laughs> it's so vast, <laughs> so vast. Yeah, like probably more so in scale because I guess the 
the brain you can think of it as encapsulated but there's yeah. so many connections there that the possibilities yeah i think more neural connections than stars in space actually that's why so that's equally interesting exactly i'm like that's that's why the like the human experience is so fascinating in itself mm-hmm. like you can look inwards as much as you look outwards and no, be yeah, equally absolutely. satisfied or dissatisfied <laughs> with the with the lack True. of answers you know <laughs> um but yeah uh go humans and putting shit on mars to just colonize shit let's go um yeah final any other any other science things that that was that was the wrap-ups you okay mm-hmm. on time yeah i'm right um but yeah no, nothing else on science that that you uh as far as that no i think that um that kind of covered all the yeah that's the going on in science and it'll be it'll be interesting how uh and I, I mean, nah, this is sausage talk. Don't, <laughs> don't, for, don't forget about this. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, but the last, the last two, uh, last two stories here that I have, um, are more tech geared. Um, the Epic and, and the Apple stuff is, uh, for people who don't know, Fortnite had this big old issue, rightly so, I think, yeah. you know, with, uh, the app store, um, mm-hmm. Apple's app store and like the the percentage they took from publishers to have their games on the marketplace yeah so there's a so there, there's that going on pretty soon as far as uh the hearings i think um and i can look into the story but uh there's apparently uh a, a, a similar thing happening now with uh valve and uh, their pc and marketplace Steam, yeah and i think you know i think this is a long time coming just because you know the the entities that built the marketplaces then themselves like were so powerful and now I think it's kind of an argument you were making a lot, I think, with like the social media is that the, these markets are too important to kind of be so tightly constrained to a point where you're probably stifling the innovation of publishers and developers as well because they just they need to pay so much up front to even mm-hmm. be able to sell to consumers. And there's really no other outlet for them to go about that. Otherwise, you're just downloading things off the Internet. And can you just imagine a 30 percent tax? on on uh, to to like just in life to do something right like you'd better be getting huge value from from that <laughs> right that percentage yeah. all they're getting is access exactly all they're getting is like which i guess is something to, there's something to be said for that infrastructure being built mm-hmm. and all those eyeballs right yeah but a 30 percent cut to have your game on a marketplace is, it seems crazy to it me it seems gouging yeah, very much so. And there's not a lot of places um, these developers can go to. Yeah. When App Store, Google Play Store, and Steam here, you know, like they dominate like how people have access to these uh, to the content to the games. Yeah. Yep. So I want like I wonder how they'll go like um, the hearings. What do you think it's gonna lean towards? I think it's going to lean because, I mean, you're also seeing, you know, the Apple and Google, they're having record-breaking, you know, profits off of, like, their stock prices and everything. So it's like that's coming from here. So I don't think it's too far-fetched to ask them to give a little when it comes to these kind of fees. Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine there would probably be some some ruling to drop the, the fees down to something that's probably a little more – you know, digestible Reasonable. to the to the developers. And here's some of the point. Here's some of the points that uh, I guess uh, they're making against or for for their case against um, against Valve. Mm-hmm. So every other company's attempt to compete with Steam has failed to make a dent, even though many of them have offered developers bigger cuts to the profits, such as the Epic Game Store's 88% revenue share. Oh damn! Um, Steam doesn't allow publishers to sell PC games and game keys for less money elsewhere. 
Oh, okay. So they so they're controlling like w- what they can do elsewhere. Yeah, so exclusivity agreements. Is that what it in looks turn like. means rival game platforms can't compete on price, which keeps them from getting a foothold. Most of these rival game stores have largely given up, like how EA and Microsoft have each bought their. Oh, brought their games. Oh, yeah, they did have the EA Play Access. That was a thing. Microsoft. Damn, Microsoft? Didn't they have a pretty large store? Yeah, I guess they had to bow out too to Steam. Brought their games back to Steam. That ensures Steam stays the dominant platform because companies that could have become the competitors are reduced to simply feeding the Steam engine with their games or selling Steam keys. So, yeah, it seems like very controlling. Yikes. Like at the very yeah yeah I mean that's also that's that's um I think that's gonna be a big thing uh, going forward anyway just like probably gonna be an antitrust anti monopoly movement on the tech companies really hope so yeah no I think that's I mean you see it happening yeah you see I think that's gonna to. be the trend so I think that's gonna get more cracked down on in the same you know in the same way antitrust things happened back in like what the Gilded Age with like the railroads and stuff like that they're just you know they're changing ways. They're changing life in so many ways that we didn't realize that they would, mm-hmm. and that's giving them outsized power. And I think, yeah, part of the you know natural calibration of things is to take away essentially some of that power because it was so new at the time, no one would envision it. So you know you, you can't react until it's already too late. I only hope that there's enough of an understanding of what the systems are and what these marketplaces are in the courts, you know. Like, yeah, that's like, true. Like, I think um like the yeah, the, uh, the legal infrastructure and the and all of that is always slow to react to I think to the technology. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And I think I think to a degree, you know, the lawyers are the ones that have to argue it before the judge. Very much so, yeah. So, you know, I think you know the 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 lawyers I would hope, you know, they're more in tune to to the minutia. I mean, you know, they're getting paid a lot of money. They're mm-hmm. smart people, you can't deny that. So they should have the capacity to figure it out. Communicate these things, opinion. yeah. It's it's just when you juxtapose like uh, all these like these cases against like uh, the like uh, the hearings they had with Mark Zuckerberg, or yeah. like it's like oh these people don't even understand what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, but to then... be fair, to be fair, they're they're like they're lawmakers or they're not you know judges you mm-hmm. know tasked with you know making these types of calls. So it's a little more understanding, but still crazy to see like okay you like a lot of them feels like they don't have a a. a deep enough sense of understanding of how the internet oh yeah yeah some of them absolutely but then on the flip side i would also say a lot of like the ceo like the jack dorsey's the bezos's they also are really aren't giving straightforward answers to what should what are essentially some simple questions they're Mm -hmm. uh i mean you know like you know the one for facebook was like do you know do you believe that facebook has you know just the obligations that they have and they kind of give them Mm -hmm. runaround answers to things so i think it's i think it's a lot of it you know they want to save what they had it's there's going to be some tension, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's it's going to be interesting seeing how that plays out. Yeah, I do feel like the questions they're answering, though, are the questions that these people that have been interrogated with these types of cases or questions have been mm-hmm. answering for years. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to say anything to harm themselves. So what I'm like, I, I don't like what I would like is for them, like the questions they're asking to be different. I'm like, you're not asking uh, questions deep enough, understanding the systems and their effects mm-hmm. uh you know on the culture or on society to to like really you know Get like the yeah, exactly to really like uh ask hard questions because uh, you can ask these hard questions but it's like it's like a yeah like ethical questions or whatever the dilemmas are and it's like you, like would you say facebook is doing this this and this and they're gonna do whatever to tiptoe around the answer right mm-hmm. so like if they i, I don't know 
we'll see. I, I like I have I, I have a general faith in our court system and our in in that type of sense to make you know nuanced calls, but I just hope there's <laughs> enough of an understanding in in the powers that be there uh to deal with the issues yeah because it's it's like uh you can't regulate something you don't truly understand and it's a kind of a young man's game understanding a lot of these things that came you know afterwards so we'll see we'll see what the calls are hopefully a more fair uh system for for these companies anyways yeah because like yeah it's and so that's yeah because i think with respect to these like again these aren't really problems that we that are new i think they're just new um platforms for these problems so to speak. more evident yeah and yeah. there's they've been around for longer now yeah, because it's where... still the same fundamental like you know mm-hmm. yeah. i want to be the mafia boss it's exactly that same it's you're that still same dealing thing. with a marketplace yeah yeah you're dealing with a marketplace it's just in a digital in a digital fashion yeah and so okay because it's so much more nebulous and like seemingly more complex it might yeah. just be just as complex as any other one um, it's just like okay, how are we regulating this marketplace? Yeah. What are the What are the rules here? So, you you know, know? I like that we've done that before. We've done that a number of times. So hopefully, you know, we end with something that's that's better for everybody yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. I guess you can explain it like conceptually, like in that sense, to a lot of these people. So yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh-huh. Whoo! <laughs> you all right there? No, water went down the wrong hole. Oh, that's one of the worst. Yeah, the pee hole went up that one. <laughs> um, and then uh, the last story I had here was um, a pretty inane, innocuous story, <laughs> <laughs> but it could it could determine how future versions of ourselves see look back at us. You know, it's <laughs> I mean, pretty important. Yeah, the calligraphers or whatnot. <laughs> and this is uh this story is off of Inquired.net. Super reputable. I don't know anything about this website, so I shouldn't even make that judgment call. <laughs> but, but this <laughs> but is an innocuous enough headline. Story, it can come from the fucking toilets of the fucking internet. It would still be funny. Uh, Microsoft to replace Calibri as a default font uh, presents five new candidates. <laughs> I'm still kind of disappointed at Times New Roman. I feel like that's just, that should just be the default. I thought so, too. That's how I felt forever, too. I'm like... I'm still in a in a, like in my mind. I'm like, oh, Calibri was still like an experiment that never worked. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, it was around. It's been around for so long. Oh, yeah. oh no, that is the one that they went with. And I'm just like, yeah. but the default still Times New Roman. Yeah, exactly. Like no one that just adhere to you know the high schools. There's everywhere Times New Roman is the font they want. And for the people listening, uh, the new proposed. Uh, well, even for anybody, because I guess you wouldn't be able to see this unless you have it pulled up. Um, the proposed fonts are uh, Beerstadt. So I guess you can look them up, at least in your browser. <laughs> um, Grandview, Seaford, Skeena, Tenorite. They're all pretty fucking basic as fuck. Yeah, but, I mean, um, just off the names, I like Seaford. But, you know, in my heart, I still want Comic Sans to be the new default. Hold on. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. But what? which one do you prefer out of all these? Let's, let's, uh, let's From pick how one. they look. Yeah, I mean, this is the font. Those are the fonts. Definitely. Tenorite, I guess. How See, they look is the only thing we got. To go off of here it's just not it's it's less bold than the other ones i think it's a little I think more I kinda like skina i can see skina one of those two but i think i'll go with tenorite overall you know i think i've read books in grandview though <laughs> yeah i think it's a little soft i think it's That's a little funny. soft yeah, i think skina has enough edge you said you went with tenorite yeah all right those are our picks okay. those are our picks we'll see I do like we'll see Seaford what they choose sounds, though seaford yeah it does sound cool Seaford. Skeena sounds cooler than Seaford, though. <laughs> How many skeet? Skeena. You know, it's real close to skeet, so that's a fun word. <laughs> Skeena. Tenorite's cool, though. I like that name, too. Tenor, sounds uh, like a, it sounds like a type of rock or something. Throwback to tenor sax. 
Shout out go. to my history. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, hey, this is a big indicator. I, I didn't realize I watched this fucking documentary called Helvetica. So, you know, that's the type of shit that I can get into. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fair <laughs> this enough. stuff drives culture. <laughs> if we were comic sans culture, can you imagine the aliens or us in a hundred years looking taking back us at us? Seriously. Just taking a shit. Yeah. It's like <laughs> everything that they came up with during the era, throw it out. <laughs> there's, there's, yeah, there's a manager at work. Her default is comic sans. Oh my we God. Have, it's like, have some respect for yourself. Come exactly. On. It's like wearing Crocs almost, <laughs> you know, it's like you wear Crocs out in public. Like to do things, you know, <laughs> that's what that's what having comic uh, sense is your <laughs> default is. Oh my god, <laughs> what would you go with? You go with Times New Roman? Yeah, no, Times Serious? New Roman. Yeah, you know, just you know, to the point. Stoic. Yes. Stoic. Just, yeah, just, I'm okay just, with that. Just convey the information. Not chiller. You don't want chiller. I mean, it depends zombie on zombie font. Depends on the project <laughs> I'm working on. Chiller. What's uh? What's another standout? You have any standout fonts? Um, the I used it a lot on my MySpace page. It was like the one. It kind of looked like it looked like an old Hollywood font. It had like the the little loops. Oh, did it connected the letters? Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, I don't know what the like light? No, it looked almost like seventies. Like yeah. Okay, exactly. I think I know what you're talking about. I dug that font too. Put that shit on a on a PowerPoint. Yep, she looked nice. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, there was another one that had a a couple of like um like bold uh, capital letters with like um like the P maybe two like a. The main stick mm-hmm. going down was like two. Oh yeah, it like kind of looked. It looked like the paragraph symbol. Yeah, it was yeah. nice. It, so whatever that one was was cool. Oh, you know um, which one too? Uh, the papyrus, I think. Oh, papyrus, like, bumpy little like bitch. The, <laughs> <laughs> looked like the like it just sketched it with a yeah a switch or something. My only problem with that one was always the sizing. <laughs> I'm like, why am I at size thirty six? This shit still looks like I gotta use a microscope. <laughs> That thing was never big enough. You had to go to 80, and then it's like, well, look at this goddamn big-ass P. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> that was my only issue with Papyrus, the sizing. That's I'm like, fine. yeah, make it a little bit bigger by default. <laughs> papyrus. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, this will determine uh, some of uh, our futures. <laughs> and, and how we're perceived by other yeah, generations. So, Oh, shit. Kalibri's been around since 07. That's... Oh, it replaced Times New Roman. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It felt like an experiment in my Times mind. Times New Roman was the original. They don't want to go back to it. Times New Roman is is my. I like it. Times help us set a new direction. We've commissioned five original custom fonts to eventually replace. Oh my replace. god, that's so weird. Like, just imagine having to make a new font. Like, what little nuances could you do to the letter? Hey, man, watch that documentary. I'm going to send that shit to you. All right, all right, all right. I'll give it a chance. I'll give you the update for the next episode. Um, I feel like there can't be that much work that goes into a font. That's so what we'll I see. thought before right. I clicked on that goddamn thing. So I'm thing. clearly going to be proven wrong. There's more to this story than you're giving it credit for. All right, for. all right, all right. So this is an, this is an exact moment where... This is going to be my life before I understand fonts. Yes, sir. Uh, Once you see week. that documentary, I hope it's still available on Netflix because otherwise I'm not going to do the work, the legwork <laughs> to be like, hey, watch it. <laughs> and I'm sure you won't either. <laughs> but believe me, just like with city design and urban planning, it's a big thing. Okay? All right. All right. So he's saying that font you know, creation is on the same scale as city planning. I'm saying a documentary could be just as entertaining all right, all <laughs> on right. both subjects. That's okay. what I'm saying, all I guess. Right. All right. All right. <laughs> We'll, we'll revisit that question. Maybe yeah. I am saying that, you know, with more information that I have. 
<laughs> All right, so then hopefully by the time we record our next episode, I'll, you know, I'll make the argument. I'm a changed I'll, man. I'll make the argument. I'll make the argument. How important is communication for the species? Yeah, but the way so the a large part of how we communicate right now is what we read in text and how we see it displayed. Yeah, but I feel like you know the shape of the specific shape of the letter. I feel like it can't vary that much from font to font. Like the know, same man. the same information is still being conveyed. All right, but isn't isn't looking at like uh, Egyptian hieroglyphs or like some cuneiform more impressive than looking at some Comic Sans? Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I guess yeah, the weight, the gravity with which you, I don't know. Right, you know, what? I'm gonna reserve all judgment <laughs> until after I've seen the. This is the type of show we could get into. <laughs> this and then I'll send you that city planning one if I find it too. I mean, I like city planning. I, you know, all right, never mind. You're on board with that then. <laughs> I'd still like to watch it though. Send it to me. Yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can dig it up. <laughs> but those are the tech stories. Um, there was more I could have probably uh, pulled up for tech, but I think that's enough for for this initial run of of uh, of the new angle. You know, mm-hmm. the new defined angle. Um, but uh, some stuff to plug uh, the the audio series uh, Supersonics. Uh, you just posted up the new episode. Oh yes, yes, Darth Vader. Uh, he was my beloved pooch that I gave to my partner Marisol. Uh, senior year of high school and he had just passed away this last 2020 very sad Rest in peace so you know he was he had a uh, plenty of stories about him and some of those are captured in this poem rest in papa dice yes yeah oh and it was my first little soiree into some uh sound development as well oh really oh, i haven't listened to it yet yeah i kind of tried to jump between uh some of like the g-funk into the millennia or to the uh oh, shit, Imperial March. yeah yeah it's only 20 seconds or so, but, uh, you know, I'm proud enough of it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm super psyched to check that out. Yeah, and you can find that on uh, ieaudiolab.com, right? Yes. Um, And then every fortnight. Every fortnight. Uh, is, that's more <laughs> or less when we, love it. when we drop. Uh, it was a little bit longer between uh-huh. this last one. It was about a month. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I still got a lot of other stories, you know, need to be written down. Some need to be produced. So, you know, the ball is moving for sure. Yeah, so be sure to check the page out for that. And then... um. Follow us on Spotify, um, SoundCloud, uh, SoundCloud. Me at Twitter, OAP, yes. double underscore three. And I am at MilkFatPerson. I've been reconsidering a name change, too. And I think I think I want to make an IG for the Supersonics. Oh, yeah. You, dude. Yeah, that would be a perfect one. Yeah, yeah. you should. Because I, when I first posted the first uh, episode, I uh, I took snippets of the, of the text of the... Mm-hmm. And I put those up uh, along with the images of the episode, so it lends yeah. itself to that format, I think, because you can get yeah. some like good lines going on there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe be on the lookout for that. Um, and then email at ieaudiolab at gmail dot com. Yes. Um, that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Bye bye.